0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com
0: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. We are recapping texas's 35-6 win over byu i am chip brown of horns247.com joined as always by eric henry and eric uh, i see you are still at the uh, daryl k royal texas memorial stadium god bless you um we were there watching um malik murphy make his debut his first career start at quarterback for the injured quinn ewers And he got a lot of help today. And first and foremost, as someone who has covered the Texas program for 30 years, a win over BYU by a margin of 35 to six, this was the program that had the best record against Texas between um, any team that Texas has played where five meetings have transpired. Texas came into this one in four against BYU and the losses, the the win was by one point in 2011 and the losses were by 24 points uh, on average. So first and foremost, Steve Sarkeesian, kudos to you as the former BYU quarterback. You performed an, an exorcism today on the nightmares that Texas fans have had against the BYU Cougars. Now, Eric, with that said, let's, let's get to first, you know, the biggest storyline of the day, obviously Malik Murphy, and he overcomes a couple of early turnovers, one, a strip sack in the red zone. And he, you know, ends up completing uh what 64% of his passes, 16 of 25 for 170 yards, couple of touchdown passes to Adonai Mitchell. And uh he also threw an, an interception early in the game where you know he probably should have never thrown that pass, but um Texas the Texas defense bailed him out because Terrence Brooks answered. Malik Murphy's interception with an interception for Texas that he ran back to the BYU 26 and set up a short field touchdown. Later in the game, Michael Taff would do the same in the fourth quarter. Michael Taff with uh, a long return to the BYU 8 for a short field touchdown for the Texas offense. Eric, um, obviously we have to look through the filter of Kansas State rolling in next week. Kansas State coming off back to back bludgeonings a 41 to 3 bludgeoning of TCU and then on today a 40 to nothing win over Houston they haven't given up a touchdown in nine quarters uh K-State looks like they are red hot and hard to handle uh your your big takeaways from from what we saw today from the Texas Longhorns and their 35 to 6 win over BYU
1: chip two big takeaways as i am here from my home away from home the visiting coaches box here at daryl Royal texas memorial stadium did they what? leave you some snacks or something you know what chip it's funny you mention that because um i don't want to air out any coaching staff but you can always tell like some coaches they clean up the place a little bit uh byu we got you know Mr. Pibb, we got (laughs) we got peanuts over here. We got all kinds of stuff. So luckily, there's still plenty of sodas left in the uh, cooler there, and I'm just making myself at home as usual. Uh, As to what we saw on the field today, Chip one, the run game. I wrote about this last week, exiting the Houston game. I felt that Malik Murphy's best friend would be a power run game, an efficient run game, and for the most part, that's what we got. I just finished taping the instant reaction with. Our buddy Tommy Yarish, and the big thing that stood out to me, I asked Steve Sarkeesian about this post game. Only twice were Texas running backs stopped for zero yards or less. And I thought that really owning the line of scrimmage was a huge thing, especially in the early going, Chip, you know, not having those negative plays, not having those things are going to put you behind the chains. I don't care if it's Quinn yours, but especially a quarterback making his first career start, you don't want to end up in those second and longs, second and medium, uh, um, the third and longs. You you want to have second and mediums and third and shorts and things that are very manageable. I felt like we saw that from the running game, specifically Jonathan Brooks, two yards shy of uh, another hundred yard day for him. and, And it was very situational chip. I thought the run game performed well. We saw early on a couple third down conversions you know cj baxter also converted a couple third downs as well so really keeping the chains moving in that regard then the second takeaway and i know we'll get to this so i won't go too extended chip but this in my mind and i just finished writing about this for Horn- on horns 24 7 is published that story before we start taking this i thought this was the most well-rounded defensive performance for pete kutowski's unit i mean you can take a look this is the fourth time this year they've held a unit under 300 yards of total offense the fourth time they have forced multiple turnovers as i said we'll, we'll get into that probably you know extended here in a bit but when you take a look at this performance compared to some of the other opponents they played i thought this was a really well-rounded performance so those two things stood out to me and you talked about it chip right the excuse me, the early turnovers that Malik Murphy had, Steve Sarkisian talked about in his post game where he felt that, you know, both of them weren't necessarily on him. He felt that the interception was a bit of a busted play where Malik wasn't ready for the football. And then uh, the, the route, the, then the direction of where Malik Murphy was throwing the ball kind of never got going. So he ended up, you know, having kind of just throw, make a play. And he said, Malik probably should have got rid of that football, something that you would expect a more veteran quarterback to do. So that one, you can kind of take off of him. And then Uh, the the strip sack or the strip fumble I should say that one looked kind of you know a little bit iffy as well kind of a I don't want to say a busted play but looked like Hayden Connor was supposed to slide over and pick up that defensive end Jonathan Brooks was there as well no one really made contact so both of those you know you can say while of course the the quarterback is to own those you can probably put those on the offense as of the entirety so uh, those are definitely a kind of my assessment of Malik's turnovers and then my two big takeaways from the ball game today
0: yeah and I you know, maybe a little bit on Sark in terms of the play calling on the, you know, it was kind of a slow developing play on the strip sack because they're, again, they're pulling linemen on the goal line or in the red zone. And as you mentioned, Hayden Connors trying to get over from the left guard position to kick out the end. Well, the end was unblocked and came flying in on Malik Murphy and, and you know the guy was on him before he could even you know get his arm motion back so uh that turns into a disastrous play and it was a bit of a foreshadowing for texas in the red zone if if we're going to um nitpick and and we absolutely need to nitpick uh, texas was two for five in the red zone and the three trips that they failed on they got nothing I mean, Zippo. And one of them was the strip sack at the, from the 11. Uh, another was after having uh, first and goal from the six. And the other was after having first and 10 from the 11, fourth and one from the two. And they couldn't pick up a yard. In fact, they lost a yard on the play. And Steve Sarkeesian said they're You know, was frustration, obviously, because this has been a kind of a recurring nightmare after Texas went three for four or went four for four in the red zone last week with three of them touchdowns against Houston. So you're thinking, okay. and Savion Red has been really good and he picked up another, you know, third and short today. And um, but for Texas to come away with three trips in the red zone and come up with zero points. Imagine what this score could have been. Um, and that's, again, we have to look at it through the lens of here comes Kansas state and and Kansas state, it it looks like a a buzzsaw right now. Now, Texas is going to get that game obviously in Austin and K state's gonna, I mean, they're the defending big 12 champs, but Texas beat them in Manhattan last year in a great game. I thought one of the, I thought it was the signature win for Steve Sarkeesian, um, until they went to Alabama this year and took down the crimson tide. So, um, that's going to be an epic game, especially now with Oklahoma losing to Kansas today and throwing the big 12 race into chaos. So, um, you know, this offense has got to figure it out in the red zone and, and look, a first-time quarterback, there's going to be some feeling out. Steve Sarkeesian has to get this you know, figured out because K-State's defense is not messing around. They haven't given up a touchdown in the last nine quarters, um, Eric. And again, yeah, they pummeled Houston today uh, in the rain up in Manhattan, but they pounded TCU and they went on the road. Um, and held Texas Tech scoreless in the fourth quarter of that win uh, that they that they took in Lubbock. So, um, you know, that's the nagging little angst. Uh, your thoughts on Texas and those three, uh, you know, uh, failed trips in the red zone.
1: Chip, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I know I've said this on this podcast. I've said it to you few feet away in that press box. There are going to be a handful of times this year in which everyone in the stadium knows you got to run the football or you got to pick up a yard. Can you do it? It is a little bit disheartening that seemingly there was another failure this week. Right. And that seemingly there was another failure. Not seemingly there was uh, another failure because of the level of success they had against Houston. Albeit, Houston certainly are not world beaters. If you take a look at BYU's defense, they're not, you know, the 2002 10 Bay Bucks or, you know, the Legion of Boom either, right? I asked Christian Jones and I asked Kelvin Banks this during the week, how personal do you guys take it when you can't pick up one yard? Kelvin Banks said, we take it real personal. And, you know, that's on us. He said that the coaches didn't have to tell us, you know, we need to do X, Y, or Z. That's on us as offensive linemen. We said to each other, that could never happen again. And while they did have success with the Savion red package and in other ways against Houston, unfortunately there was a failure this week. Now I don't want to be all negative, right? Because we saw Jonathan Brooks power his way through for the touchdown run. And that was really encouraging that physical style of running where it looked like he was down at the one or two yard line and he keeps his legs moving and falls forward for that touchdown. Right. But with that being said, you touched on it, Chip. You got a really, really good Kansas state team, Chris Kleiman's club coming in here to Austin you know they're going to be ready to play their defense chip is top four in every major statistical category in the big 12 and there may be another time this year I, again I'm not trying to sound like a broken record or overhaul you know just harp on it the big play touchdown is great right and Texas had a lot of reliance on that big play touchdown earlier in the season but they're going to be ball games against really good teams when you got to just pick up a yard chip. It doesn't have to be red zone, right? For the, for the purpose of the discussion, we're talking about red zone and goal line, but it could be at the Steve Sarkisian like to be an aggressive play caller, right? It could be at the 39 yard line on fourth and one when you're trying to set the tone at home and really establish yourself. You want to see this team find ways to pick up those conversions. So yes, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to be all negative, but I don't think you can make enough of that type of stop, just considering we had the Red River shootout stop that those four tries, are gonna live in in that rivalry game's infamy for years. You know, chip 20 years from now, when you and I are still in this press box, we're gonna be talking about remember 2023 Red River shootout when they couldn't pick up one yard, right? So uh I, I I again I don't want to be all negative, but I don't think you can you can harp on it too much again, especially with a Kansas state team that everyone knows they're the real deal. And they're not going to roll over for anybody. They're going to come in here ready to play, especially defensively.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, you know, an interesting day from a, from a special team standpoint, it was a huge day. St- uh, Xavier worthy gets this thing kicked off with a 74 yard punt return for a touchdown. That was spectacular. And, um, my gosh, Hunter Ryan Sanborn, who averaged what, 52 yards per punt, had a 64-yard punt in here. Ryan Sanborn is the unsung hero of this Texas Longhorns football season. Um, I don't, I don't think he's even in serious consideration for the Ray Guy Award because, well, I don't know why, but he's he just keeps bailing Texas out of jams. He had a 59-yard punt last week that pinned Houston deep in its own end, and Texas let you know the Texas defense allowed a third and seven that turned into a 65-yard play. Um, I mean, you can't say enough about what Ryan Sanborn's doing. As far as Xavier Worthy, he's come close. He's had a couple of 30, 40-yard returns. Today he cashes it in. That was big. And and he left some meat on the bone too, Eric. I mean, Worthy had a few drops today. He had a contested catch in the end zone on a beautiful, what would have been a 34-yard touchdown pass. Um, you know, Worthy couldn't come down with it. He only had four catches on 10 targets, which tells you, you know, that that's atypical of what's been going on with Xavier Worthy. Um this this season, he's been pretty efficient and, uh, he was the guy that Malik Murphy was looking for early in this game. And then 80 Mitchell turned into, uh, the, the touchdown, um, catcher, uh, in this game, uh, Malik Murphy had a close call also trying to find 80 Mitchell in the end zone. And, um, Camden Garrett, the BYU defensive back had, a near interception and nothing but green grass for hundred yards. But, um, you know, Keaton Crawford dropped maybe a pick six and there were some other opportunities in this game, but Eric, for the purposes of, you know, Texas and, and moving to seven and one with four games left to play, they handled business uh, tonight. And what I liked most about Malik Murphy was he didn't let those early turnovers bother him. He he put air under passes. The 30-yard touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell had a nice touch on it. Even the 34-yarder to, to Xavier Worthy that Worthy couldn't come down with. Nice lofted air under it, giving his receivers a chance to go up and get it. He wasn't throwing ropes that were hard to catch. I thought he showed a lot of touch. He got blasted on a touch pass to Jonathan Brooks that turned into a 17-yard catch and run took a helmet right in the ribs and again, nice touch. He knew he was going to eat it. He knew, I mean, he knew he was going to get blasted and he delivered that ball perfectly. So there's a lot for a first start. I thought there was a lot to build on for Malik Murphy. Unfortunately for him, he's got seven days to get ready for that K-State defense that uh, as you mentioned, comes in as a, uh, a top ranked group. Chip I know it's cliche but and and I and you
1: know to let the listeners or the viewers and listeners behind the curtain a little bit uh the way Texas's post game is set up you know we got a player in the center we got players in the corners we got players up top so CB and I we got to kind of tag team it right and you know listen Chip and I have great we make a great quarterback receiver duo because we just got the eye contact right I just now I do have to point. Let's give him the eye contact and he knows I'm going here. You're going here. But I, I mentioned all that to say that Chip, I don't think you had a hate that chance to, to speak with Malik. I know I was in the center. Um, I know it's cliche, but he's such a relaxed poised the Cali swag, right. That we talked about That's that's legit. And this being our, our first time to speak with him. It's my first time to speak with him. You could just tell he just it doesn't get rattled. And I think that's key. I mean, even to the, I think you noted a chip or, you know, he's dancing out there as for, for his first snap, right? That's just who he is. I, I mentioned all that is to say, you can tell that whether it's Kansas state or whoever, he's not going to be rattled by it. Right. You know how his play may fare on the field. That's going to come down to, as you said, chip seven days worth of game planning. That's why Steve Sarkisian and company get paid the big bucks. They're, they're going to have to put Malik Murphy in position to have success but one thing i feel confident about and i think longhorn's fans should feel confident about is this kid is not going to wilt under pressure he's not going to come out tight he's not going to come out nervous he's going to be the same malik murphy but to your point yes i mean excuse me there were a lot of things in my mind i think you could be in, encouraged about the turnovers i think those things will get cleaned up uh chip I, I don't know if you felt this way you know steve Sarkeesian said it in his post game that this offense to him, and he, when he was asked why he didn't put in Arch Manning, he he said that you know the offense just felt kind of out of rhythm at times, and maybe if we'd come out and been you know kind of in rhythm from the start, you know maybe cashing on some of those red zone opportunities, maybe I, I put uh, Arch in there, but he wanted to get Malik all the work. I did see that it did felt at times whether it was you know again um, that snap that caught Malik a little bit early, or some of the you know the route miscue where Malik then forces Malik to kind of just throw it up there when he probably should have throw it away that probably felt like a little bit of disjoint in this chip that, and I don't know if you felt this way. It reminded me of Quinn Ewer's first start of the year at uh, against Rice, right? Where it's like, oh, things kind of feel a little bit out of sorts. And then all of a sudden they kind of hit their rhythm and they're able to kind of, you know, take off and, and, and win that game. So I'll be interested to see how those first 10 to 15, 15 to 20 offensive plays look next week against Kansas state to see if the offense as a whole looks more composed and 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 those things kind of kind of settle in and Steve Sarkeesian talked about it post game you know as far as him choosing to throw the the first I believe it was the first eight of ten plays were, were, were pass plays he said hey when I was a quarterback the thing I hated was all of a sudden we run 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 and then it's third and eight third and nine and then now it's on my shoulders to pass right so Sark clearly isn't going to feel any type of way about putting him in passing situations I think even from the first play of the game right that little quick pass at JT Sanders that you know, got stopped behind the line, but you kind of tell there was an effort to get Malik Murphy in rhythm. Let's see what that looks like week two for not just him, but the entire offense to see if some of those things get cleaned up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And look, if, if the Texas defense, and I didn't even mention Justice Finkley's strip sack late in the game that led to another uh, short field touchdown, the defense set the offense up for three Short field touchdowns today, Justice Finkley with the strip sack that was recovered by Jere Bledsoe late in the game. Um, if the defense plays that way and Ryan Sanborn continues to punt the way he has and you get a big play or two in the return game because Keelan Robinson had some big returns in the kickoff game a week ago against Houston. You had the 74-yard punt return for a touchdown by Xavier Worthy today if they get that kind of complimentary football, they'll they'll be in the game with Kansas state until the end. And then it's going to come down to how does Malik Murphy or Arch Manning, um, you know, handle the offense in a fourth quarter situation where you have to score and, and who knows, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be Texas's day. Who knows, but most likely you're going to be in a fourth quarter game against Kansas state next week and it's good to know you've got a quarterback with that kind of confidence who kind of just shrugged off the the interception and in the strip sack and kept moving the team into scoring position even if they didn't convert in scoring position kept moving the team into scoring position and um you know gave them chances maybe next week you kick field goals in those situations to put points on the board against Kansas State but a lot to like in this thirty-five to six win over BYU, because for Texas fans who remember um, the last three meetings, um, there were there were two meetings in the eighties, but the last three meetings in eleven and thirteen and fourteen, they are so happy to have this win. Um, you can say BYU has a one-dimensional offense. Keaton Slovis had to do it all with his arm today. Not much of a running game for BYU, but Texas, 12 tackles for loss, two sacks, Baron Sorrell with a big, uh, you know, big sack um, on third down. Justice Finkley with the strip sack, um, Jalen Ford with 11 tackles, Jody Baron, Trevandre Sweat getting tackles for loss early in this game to force two straight three and outs to start the game. Thought the defense was outstanding from start to finish and, you know, creating the three big turnovers and the short field touchdowns for the offense. So Eric will have a lot to talk about after we uh, sit down with the with Sark and the players on Monday as we get ready for Texas and Kansas State. It's going to be a crazy big 12 race with Oklahoma losing to Kansas today. So. Uh, For Eric Henry, I am Chip Brown. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this flagship podcast recap of Texas's 35-6 win over BYU. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.